previously on Lost. Song fucking stinks, Dan. That uh, it is maybe the stinkiest song of all time. <laughs> uh, that is uh, Charlie's band Drive Shaft with their major only hit, "You All Everybody." Um, Charlie being like a mirror of, um, who are the two like brothers? Liam Gallagher. Oh yeah, Liam Gallagher and yeah. his druggy brother. Yeah, Noel. Yeah, no, Liam's the druggy. Noel's the. I mean, they're both druggies, but Liam's the piece of shit. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, damn, Lost Season 1, let's just do a little talky talk about that. Okay. Um, obviously. Oh wait, I just, I love that, that Charlie's constantly presented through flashbacks as like this like prolific songwriter and musician, and like and th- that's like his fucking hit, you all, everybody. It's and like, it is the only song they ever show. Yeah. For the entire series of Lost yeah. that he ever plays. Well, no, there's. Did you get to the diaper commercial? Yes. Sick. You all everybody's. Yes. I, I was gonna include that one on here too, but you know, we don't have time for everything. Yeah. Um And he like sits down at a piano and writes a real song and I was like, Oh, why didn't you do that sooner? So I've seen the first episode of Lost like four hundred and seventy five times. Okay. Was not happy to see it again because I and I honestly was like, I don't know if I'm gonna do this with Dan. I need to see if I'm interested enough to watch this show again because it, I've done it to do to absolute death. Right. Um and uh, yeah, the magic is uh, still there. <laughs> that that pilot is just particularly gripping and well shot. And for TV at the time, like it, you know, and having watched the behind the scenes stuff, it cost more than like any episode of TV that had ever been produced at the time. They bought a plane, chopped it into pieces, and shipped it to uh, to Hawaii. Yeah, I've said numerous times while watching, I'm like, this show just looks so fucking expensive to yeah. shoot. The only thing I don't like about the aesthetic of season one through six is um just the fact that they were shooting for CRV, like for full screen TVs. They had to keep in mind that some people didn't have widescreen right. TVs yet. So, so much of the show is faces and, and neck up. And when you have an 86 inch TV, and you live in an apartment that's like a hallway, like I do, these faces are like fucking, <laughs> like massive. And it, it doesn't, it's not a show, while I have every episode on Blu-ray, it's not a show that, I mean, it looks great, sure, but like so much of it is shot from the shoulders up yeah. that Rachel and I literally sit there and we're like, too close, too close, too close, too close. And then like, when you think they've zoomed in enough, the next cut to reverse will be like another three inches closer (laughs) and it is just like really unnerving um but yeah right off the bat uh incredible start and the thing that hit me first and the most always is michael giacchino just slamming out of the gate easily his uh most on par work with speed racer I waited. To, I waited till like episode six Yuck. to point out to Cat that it was the same composer that did Speed Racer. And right when I said that, these like wacky xylophones chimed in. <laughs> he heard you from it, beyond. She was like, "I see that." 
Uh, Michael all the way Giacchino, baby. Yeah. He, he is fucking... Yeah, he gets an Italian pass. <laughs> um, yeah, um, lost, man. I was just geeking out uh, during the first couple episodes. When's the last time you watched it? Well, maybe like three or f- three years ago. I don't know. I'm always in some state of watching Lost. Like I said, the, <laughs> the last couple of years, what I'll do is I'll just go into the case and just pick out like the best episodes. Yeah, and, I mean and that's what along. I do with season six A of The Sopranos. I've um, watched that season like nine times. Right. Um, and um, you know, you're you're given some mysteries up front. Obviously, the monster is teased. That's like very, very much the hook of the initial episode. I would say it's still definitely what sticks with me is just like the roar in the jungle and like what at the time I was like obsessed with Jurassic Park I was like a teenager yeah and um it really just like and the fact that they wouldn't show it was just oh man it really baked my noodle at the time made me like ravenous basically for information um but uh yeah you get some of the mysteries up front you get a polar bear which yeah. is like, huh? Why the fuck? Why is there a polar bear? Yeah. Um, Strong CGI. Dan. <laughs> yeah, really weak. <laughs> really weak in retrospect. Um, uh, as we go through some of these episodes, I'm going to bring up mysteries that they have laid the gauntlet down on. And okay. I'm going to ask you to try and predict, to the best of your ability, what the answers to these mysteries I, I, are. And these are presumably mysteries that the answers will reveal themselves later. I will allow you to ask me is this something that has an answer or I'll just tell you up front or I don't know if I want to well okay we'll just see how it plays out alright well for now I might have to take a leak again at some point polar bears okay um, on an island yes. uh, pretty odd it is um, odd what would you predict is the explanation for said polar bears and have you seen any information in season 2 about the polar bears yet no the polar bears have purely been mentioned in passing um, we've seen some other animals that don't jive with the, what we assume the climate to be. What? Like what? Like a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, like... Horse? No explanation, I don't think. Well, nope, horse explanation. Okay. Polar bear. Explanation, but not direct. Hmm. You will have to do... When it ends, I'm going to ask you again what it was, and you may still not know. You might be like, wait, what? Okay. Um, But if (laughs) you're a smart fucking person, so I think you'll know what it is by the end. So you're asking what my prediction for the polar bear is? Yes. All right, I'm going to go out on a huge limb here. Go for it. And say that there is an underlying massive time travel element that hasn't been introduced yet. Um, and this island had at one point gone through its own ice age in a different degree of what we've dealt with. And Fuck it, yeah, dude. And in, Sick gas. I like where your head's at. And in turn, the island has evolved differently than, uh, you know, usual sure. tropical islands. So Dan's <laughs> so po- Dan's polar guess. bears are not abnormal in this in this environment. Dan's guess for the ice age element is that there was, in fact, an Ice Age on the island because it has gone through so many iterations. Yeah. And so then, if that did happen, so that must have been recent because the polar bears are still alive? No, it would be that the polar bears evolved to withstand whatever the island turned into. Hmm. 
now you're losing me a little bit. But I like where your head's at. Good right. sci-fi ideas. Right. You're doing good. All right, great. Are you correct or not? I don't think that's something I should answer, but <laughs> I but, but good guess. <laughs> Anyone who knows the answer to this question, enjoy. <laughs> um, okay. Um, it's going to end up being like the polar bear was a dream. <laughs> Let me talk about um, one thing that comes up very early in Lost, is prevalent throughout especially the first two seasons, and that is dated early 2000s Muslim suspicions. Oh my god. <laughs> Boy, they really double down on the one Iraqi dude, do they not? Dude. Um, there's, um, I mean, they're not entirely wrong. I have, he was I have a, a list. Torturer. I have a list that's my only negatives to uh, say about season one. Sure. Which, compared to what I normally watch, usually the negatives list is much higher, but that's one of them. Um, another uh, sister one to that is, um, thank God they have a single token Asian woman full of ancient herbal remedies. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time they, they need a nurse, somehow she's the one yeah, they call Yeah, she knows to. everything. Yeah, that's a little much. Um, but yeah, the uh, <laughs> Sawyer calls uh, Saeed, he calls him Captain Arab. <laughs> um, he calls him Captain Arab. Abdul, Al Jazeera. <laughs> that one really tickled me because that's what I watched the news on in the morning. Omar. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Falafel. <laughs> These are ones I, I wrote down. I missed that one. Uh huh. Ali. Yeah. <laughs> and Muhammad. Yeah. Um, it's basically like any time in the first couple episodes. Um, when Said is like, we have to trans, you know, get the transceiver and set it up and triangulate the transceiver. I've already forgotten all that shit happened. <laughs> Sawyer's just like, listen here, Omar. Yeah, it so, is. So, Sawyer's list of nicknames for people is unbelievable. His yeah. nicknames for Hurley is endless. Endless. Uh, there are obviously some good smash cuts on the internet you could watch with that. Um, but and, those and are dude, all every names. every time they cut to a flashback with Said on the plane, there's just like someone giving him the side eye in the background. <laughs> Um, as it is with shows like this, um, that are 25 episodes a season, you are subjected to a lot of things over and over and over again. Yeah. When we talk about season two, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm going to gripe hard about that. Um, uh, even if it's just character things, um, that eventually become unnerving, um, whether it's Hurley, uh, dude, uh, Dude, dude, listen. I'm listening, dude. Dude. Um, dude, at one point he, to the to the Asian woman, he has a conversation with her and goes, okay, later, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, so bizarre and out of place. Now, that's the third most annoying thing for me. Uh, the second most annoying thing for me. Whoa! 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 I'm not going back without... Whoa! I'm coming for Walt. Whoa! I'm not leaving him out here. Walt. Walt. Don't you ever say his name again. Ever. My boy. Don't do it, my boy. My boy. Letting you near my boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I cannot stand that dude. Yeah. He is, he, Michael like, is I know that just from awful. Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet Me movie. too. And knowing him from that, <laughs> even back then, was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? And then, like, he shaves his beard in one of the flashbacks. I was like, okay, that's the twink motherfucker I remember from <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> his backstory was harrowing. Yeah. He, you know, I do hate him so much. And, and he spends so much of the first season just wanting to punch Jin because he's Korean. <laughs> <laughs> but and and also just abandoning his kid at every opportunity. They're like, "We're gonna go on a hunt. We need one other person." He's like, "All right, uh, yeah, see you later, Walt." And then he gets immediately gored by a boar, like yeah. two seconds into it. Um, People act extremely irrationally with the same repetition of the same mistakes so often in the show. It is unbelievable. The repetition for me and like the the, the character annoyances though, they all culminate into one shrill unending, piercingly disgusting voice, and that belongs to Claire. My baby! She took my baby! He was trying to hurt my baby! He was trying to hurt my baby! What if they did something to the baby? But what I do with my baby is none of your business. <laughs> that woman just never stops crying about her goddamn baby, and I'm sick of it, Dan. I mean, her entire fucking character is she's the pregnant woman, and then she's the woman with the baby. Like, that's why she exists there. She serves no other purpose in the show. Have we found out any more about her, um, uh, where you're at? Like, what, have there been any revelations about her past? No. Okay. There's, there's some good stuff with her, um. You'll see. Like, we know she went to a psychic. <laughs> no, no. There's, dude, there's one big, big old bomb in her backstory that'll make you be like, whoa. No, that's, no yeah, bombs. No bombs. We, we are, by the end of season two, we've gotten to the place where every fucking flashback episode mm -hmm. reveals that, like, the characters are more intertwined than we initially realized. Right. Wait until you see what they do with the secondary mechanic of the show. Okay. The, the the primary purpose of watching Lost, in my opinion, is the island. It's all I cared about. It's all I cared to vest my interests in. And at some point in the show, they give it to writers that are like, we're like, we don't like need to keep doing cop lawyer stories every week and silly con man stories. Let's do something interesting. Yeah. Um, and for me, that is when the show truly elevates. And I think by the end of season two, especially, you get to a point from my memory where you're just like, I'm done with these fucking flashbacks being like just like soap operas, basically yeah. one after another. Um, the only don't worry. The only redeeming <laughs> it, factor of them is like looking for Easter eggs because like, well, the, a lot of it in the back starts getting crazy and it, tied in together. Like there was there was one where. Like Claire's watching TV and then like she turns off the TV, but when you like you look in the background, she's watching Hurley on TV, like and then like Well Hurley was what like doing an interview for winning yeah, the lottery. Right? Yeah, but you didn't know that he won the lottery yet at this point. Right. I saw the same moment. And then I just saw that episode. There was one where uh uh Some of the dialogue too in the flashbacks are full of Easter eggs. Okay. Even like even outside of the connections they're making with each other, like one uh, they referenced in one episode um, that uh, when Charlie is conning the rich girl yeah. episode, her father, they're like, oh, he just bought a paper company in Slough. 
and that is literally the office from the UK office. Oh, um, that's funny. In another episode, they're talking to Hurley after he's won, and props to Rachel for pointing this out. They're talking to Hurley, and um, they mention that the he owns like the lawyers reading to him companies that yeah, he yeah, owns, yeah. and one of them is a, a box company. Box company in Tungsten. Yeah, which is where which is John Locke's Locke. company. Yeah, yeah, I caught so, that. So yeah, there's some good like even in the first season, yeah. they're teeing up little things yeah. that if you're paying attention, there which, was, which there you was are. one when um when what's the female lead's character's name? Kate. Kate. When Kate goes to visit her. Well, my girl's covered by our season four yeah. board right now, but she's she goes to visit good. her like military father. Uh huh. Um, and in the background, I forget what it was, but someone said like over the TV, like you could hear something mentioned that was about another character, and I forget what it was because I'm just so far ahead at this point. Yeah. Um, but I, I've really enjoyed it in for that mechanic how casting has done it, making such like visually unique actor choices that every time someone pops up, I'm instantly able to pick out like, oh. That was fucking. Right. That was the fucking guy who taught Saeed to torture people. Like, you know that but... is an interesting point. And you know what I want to say about that too is that beyond that, I think it's the way the show is shot. That you... <laughs> because all you see is Dude, their fucking faces all the time. Think of a show like um, like on Netflix, like Mindhunter or something like that, where the entire show is shot cinematically, yeah. and you're like ten feet away from everyone in tracking shots, and everyone's wearing suits. Right. Or Mad Men is a good example. That's a show that's shot pretty wide yeah. most of the time. It's somewhat cinematic in the way that it's presented. I don't remember tertiary characters from Mad Men whatsoever. Right. I remember, like, literally, like, the gas attendant that Hurley, like, sees for three seconds. Like, the, they yeah. all have these giant, like, faces. Like, yeah, I mean, they have this episode where you finally find out how Saeed went from, like, Iraq to freedom. Mm -hmm. And, like... They're on they're on the fucking bus for two seconds. And I was like, Claire's dad. Or fucking Kate's dad. And I was like, what? And then it cuts to a picture of him looking at a picture of Kate. And I'm like, yeah, that was the dude from the fucking military office in Kate's flashback. Like, Whoa, I haven't seen that episode yet. Spoiler alert. Sorry, bro. You've ruined the show for me, you yeah. fucking asshole. Yeah, I've been catching a ton of it. And like, I don't know how much I would have been able to do that if I had to wait a week and then a between episodes and then a year between seasons um well it, it's not bad because that whole break you're re-watching the show a hundred times right. so that's how that went um <laughs> um so where the show really picks up for me and you've already made the sentiment is right around the episode tabula rasa which is the first john Locke episode um right off the bat dude john Locke, like terry o'quinn giving the best performance you can give on a television yeah, he's show. He's a man of faith. Um, his performance of John Locke, it is is so many layers to it in terms of him seeming like this bad, hardened, maybe ex-military tracker slash hunter, and that juxtaposition to seeing him at the box company in his wheelchair, being so all awesome. just like, just don't tell me what I can't do. He's like pathetic and endearing and it's just there's just so much going on in that performance and throughout the show as things change and he becomes a, a you know the character that he is destined to be that he's constantly going on about you, you know you'll see so many interesting pages to like terry o'quinn's performance he really is my favorite character in lost any episode about him good in my book can love I, it can i make a prediction about him sure i am getting the strong impression 
that the show is ultimately going to come to be about Jack versus John Locke. Mm -hmm. The whole man of science versus man of faith, they leaned into that line a little hard that I feel like that's going to be... Well, there's already been whole episodes. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the overarching crux of their relationship. Well, it already is. And that it's going... But, like... That that'll be it. Now it's that they are versus each other as still, like, compatriots on the island. I suspect that, like, Locke's going to become the main antagonist. Right. Um, You know, it's obvious you're paying attention. I can say that much. Hey. Um... I can't say much more. Yeah, this has to be hard for you. Um, but uh, but ultimately, you're picking up on something that will be capitalized on. Um, it's not going to be the main point of the show. So if you're looking at it like these two diametrically opposed ideas are coming at each other and that's going to be it, you ain't seen nothing yet, baby. <laughs> um, there's a lot more going on that where you're at in the show, no one had even thought of yet. Right. But, but <laughs> in retrospect, they did create. Um uh, Tabula Rasa is fantastic episode where you see John Locke working in a box company. There's a line for Is that line. episode two? Yeah. No. No, this is like three or four, I think. I, think I didn't write the numbers down. I just kind of did like new episodes. I forget but... the name of four, but it wasn't. There. And on the complete Blu-ray set, it's all just done by, there's no numbers, ridiculously. It's just the titles. Which Lost, by the way, if you're watching it on Hulu, you get to see the titles. The titles are fantastic. Yeah. For every single episode oh, yeah. of the entire series. Huge. Um, I, I mean, it's gotten to the point where we have been, as soon as an episode ends, we hit the back button so that we don't see the episode title right. and then hit play because I've, I've felt these episode titles are too spoilery. Cause like one of them, it was just like mm. coming up next on what Kate did. And I'm like, God damn it. No, no, here's no, this is why that's not correct because we were given that information as, as a fan base okay. that three or four days before <coughs> the new episode, you would get an ABC promo, which would be like two milliseconds of footage. And it would be like what Kate did. Mm. And you'd be like, then for three days, you'd be like, Oh my fucking God. Because as you get later into the show and you meet characters that are going to be answer factories, It'll be like next week's going to be a boop episode. Right. And you'd be like, oh, my God. And I remember the day that I heard an episode description of Lost that literally like shook my entire life apart. It was one sentence. And it was just like, this is what you're going to see. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And spent like days of my life just like in a nervous breakdown state with my imagination just running like anything could be possible. Like especially in the later seasons, you'll see the episode title and just be like, okay. I'm like pissed that I'm going to this concert tonight. I'd way rather be watching Lost. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch Lost all night after this. I mean, here's your your chance to catch up, bro. The the next two episodes I have are Exodus Part 1 and 2, the finale of Season 1. Okay. Um, So that'll be a fun watch. Um, But um, yeah, there's a scene um, where you see John Locke. He's working in his office. They do a... (laughs) homage to office space yeah yeah they do his boss who's a prick comes by and he's like so about that tps report um there's a lot of that in lost because especially damon lindelof is a huge nerd and as you get later into the show and shit happens that is really truly unbelievable 
they'll cut to Hurley and Hurley be like, what's this? That scene from name famous sci-fi movie with the same parable or this, this and that. And like, you really see them like showing their influences. And that brings me to something really quick that I I just want to mention that was an obsession point for many people, which was like, obviously you've noticed as a smart person, so many of these names are philosophers, right? And that there is so much baked in textual data going on. Um, I know, do I, not follow the threads. I, I've been like, do I need to reread Tom no, Sawyer? No, no, <laughs> because like sometimes it matters, and then sometimes they literally are just like throwing out their influences, um, just to throw out their influences. They just want to name like books that they've read that tie into this kind of shit. Um, I have one fact here that plays into that. So. Listen to this. So both John Locke and his father, Anthony Cooper, are named after 17th and 18th century English philosophers. Yep. The real Anthony Cooper was educated as a boy by the real John Locke. So, like, can you get something from that? Kind of. Like, John Locke is the ultimate teacher in some ways. Um, And Anthony Cooper, who's one of my favorite side characters in Lost, he's the scummiest. Such a fucking. What a vermin performance. Such a a compelling bad guy. Um, I just watched the episode where John Locke gets his kidney stolen by his father, and it is fucking heartbreaking to watch. That that episode, like, destroyed me. Um, Much as many of these did, there is a lot of emotion that even for a show in 2004, I'm shocked that I'm feeling. Like, Rachel and I are, like, almost in tears sometimes. Yeah, no, that one, and I mean, I, uh, so, in order it goes, the episode where you get Jin's backstory, and then the following episode is Michael's backstory. Right. And I'm like, I said to Kat, I was like, it's wild how the last episode, I was like, this is the most harrowing backstory ever about, like, this just, like, this Korean oppressive fucking woman's life like it sucks and then we get michael's backstory of like his wife and all that and it's just fucking i was like this is 10 times more harrowing yeah michael's is horrible yeah just awful has has his child effectively stolen from him by somebody who's just in a higher social class dude when he gets hit by the car i was just like oh (laughs) (laughs) um and it's within this episode actually on the beach plot line where there is a really interesting moment of foreshadowing and just an example, because uh, something you'll definitely notice if you haven't already is that there's microcosms of so many situations going on all at the same time. Like, right. Like what you're talking about, man of faith versus man of science, that's playing out like everywhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's even down to the simplest parts of the show where like there's a scene where Jack goes on the beach and Rose is there. Yeah. That's and she's what, having that's a nervous about breakdown. And Rose is like... Basically saying that, you know, she knows her husband was in the tail section of the plane when it disconnected and went flying in the air, but she believes that he's still alive and that the tail is still alive. And Jack, who's literally a man of science, it's two on the nose, like laughs at the idea yeah. that he could still be alive, basically. And is like, wow, that's a little bit crazy of an idea that you think the tail section survived. And then lo and behold. Yeah. In that moment, I was like, there's exactly 0% chance the tail section did not survive. Is that what you felt? Yeah. 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 I mean they did yeah (laughs) i was like i literally at that moment i was like well can't wait to meet rose's husband um so that was i thought a really great moment um and then it's tough to watch a show like this with like the perspective of like knowing about like screenwriting concepts and like mm -hmm. chekhov's gun and shit i'm like they wouldn't 
I'm constantly being like, they wouldn't take the time to have this much dialogue about something if it wasn't going to happen later. This is a series that has like an episode that's like called Red Herring. So just be careful. Really? Because certain things they're putting out there to throw you off that's sometimes. Good. I love that. Um, that. That's a hilarious episode title. Like there are many things in Lost, like The Hatch, for example, yeah. is, is the perfect misdirect. Um, the Hatch is an idea of just like, what if, you know, jungle castaway, but plus some kind of industrial element going on in this island that who set it up and can we get any resources from it? And do they have power? Do they have running water? Are they just people living happily down there? Like, is it like a bunch of space aliens that are observing everybody with cameras? Like, it's is that where the they man, live? Brother. It's just another person who's going through the same cycles of having their faith tested as anybody else on the island. Um, Desmond, as a character, is just basically like, you know, would you press button if no, you know, if you were just so out of your element of where you are and what was going on that this is now your life? Like, it's, again, faith versus science. Like, science would dictate that, you know, in no situation would me not pressing some random button on a mystery island, like, make the world right. end. That's fucking insane. Dude, for so many episodes, I was like, God, will they please just let this timer go to zero? Please let the timer go to zero. And right. then the first time it did, and it switched to the red hieroglyphic. Did you freak out? I was like, no! Oh my God, what is that? What is that now? That's such a great moment, dude. Great moment in Lost. Um, and um, I was like, I'm about to get those hieroglyphics tattooed across my forehead. <laughs> so, you know, we see the we see the faith versus science throughout. And, and really, that's highlighted by Jack. And as we get to this point in the series, which is like a core, uh, an eighth into season one, it's just like you shift into a mode where suddenly everybody, when they have a problem, needs to ask Jack. Um, Jack is just thrust upon as this leader. Yeah. Um, it's, it's somewhat warranted and somewhat wanted, but also at times completely ridiculous. People are coming to him just like, tie my shoe, bro. I like, know. You're the guy. Like, um, So it starts ramping up to that, and then we have the Jack episode, um, which is just a really compelling father uh, narrative drama about, um, you know, basically introducing this flawed and compelling yet annoying as fuck hero Jack. Um, he's the worst. He's the ultimate he's Boy Scout. The he, worst. He snitches on his own dad, who did deserve some kind of disciplinary action. But Jesus Christ, bro, really did it to your papa. Mm, well, I mean, they they took the time to try to set up that like his relationship with his dad sucks to begin with, and he resents him as right. it was. Like, I I I've, I've I get that. Right. Like with we've already been shown an established character that is like so committed to the moral ethical good like let's not torture people like right i that all tracks but jack jack makes it annoying jack's behavior in this series drives me fucking insane jack's is jack is like the head of the greenpeace organization in this movie but he's also just like inconsistent as fuck like he's constantly grandstanding and then like in season two it's just constantly him getting like angry about shit and being like no fuck that john we should kill him he's got to make some tough choices throughout yeah. And the most I can say about Jack in terms of what you can expect, uh, good and bad, is just that they do a lot with his character. He's, they, a, he's a dude who's constantly like, I don't want to be a leader while being like, I'm totally within yeah. the right to keep secrets from everybody all of the time and just like bring them into dangerous situations without telling them why. Like, he just, yeah. like, he's constantly making executive decisions that are pissing me off. They're like, oh, someone's drowning. We need Jack. Yeah, right. 
it's like, is there no other fit man on the island who can swim? Yeah, go swim. Everyone's always swimming in jeans in this show. It's so bizarre. Jin, especially in the later seasons, is constantly like in wet jeans, I feel like. Um, so then we have the Jin and Sun episode um, where um, whatever, it's fine. It's whatever. It's not my favorite story. I don't. Jin and Sun, kind of done with it. I, I liked it because they did a lot of viewer manipulation of making you feel very strongly one way towards Jin as a character sure. for like eight straight episodes. Right. And then you get Jin's backstory and he becomes all of a sudden he becomes a multi-dimensional character. Sure. Then in season two, he starts being a fucking asshole again. Yes. And then And that like, will continue. Yeah. <laughs> that ping ponging you're describing. Um interesting fact about Jin and Son, real life actors, it's reversed. The actor who plays Jin has not spoken Korean since high school. Okay. The actress who plays Sun has never acted in an American production, only Korean. Interesting. Um, so she taught him how to speak Korean again because apparently his actual Korean delivery was so stilted that mm. people were laughing. The Korean correspondents on the show were laughing at him um, because he hadn't spoken it since he was a child. Um, that ain't right. So I thought that was somewhat interesting. Other than that... Whatever, it's a fine episode. Um, it does introduce one mystery that you will now give your prediction for, and that is the Adam and Eve skeleton in the cave. What is this? In the uh, Jin and Sun episode, they discover the caves, a very rubberized-looking indoor set built by the crew so that they didn't have to be on the beach anymore. Um, and the first thing they discover in those caves are two skeletons embracing Oh, I forgot all about that. And Kate and Jack look over the skeletons and say, um, it's like our very own Adam and Eve. And you know what's interesting, Dan? I forgot entirely about that. That you're also going to miss in, in your watch is that, like, yes, previously on Lost is there every time for you, right? Yeah, yeah. On yours. But, but I skip it every time. But they also used to play recaps, like, before each episode, before each season. That would be, like, a minute or two of, like here's what's been going on on lost and they would do things like they would show jack and kate over the skeletons like every couple of weeks and it would be like it's our very own adam and eve so then people are crazy about it in season one um they do answer that question um it's going to be far enough now that you should keep it in mind because it's you'll forget it again (laughs) it's the only reason i'm going this far out of my way to talk about it is like that will come back eventually i forgot entirely about that and i only knew it was gonna come back because like literally even up to that episode they're like here's this scene again um, okay so maybe this island is like a microcosm of like the entirety of quote unquote human history hmm. sped up mm-hmm. um that would explain the ice that would explain the ice age that would oh expl- my oh my god dude um and oh, th- then, it, oh. then then it beco- oh. then it becomes a situation where since Adam and Eve are not actual historical figures, then the faith for science thing comes more into play. That it's like a design of the melding between the two. I don't know. I forgot that even happened. <laughs> so pleasing. I know. It's so good. <laughs> like, I, I need to bring those. Those are making it into season five for yeah. sure. They're going to be woven in. Yeah. Baked the- in deep. Just do Lost sounds for the entire Matrix series. Oh, yeah, that would be perfect. They've got their own sounds, though. There's certain I, things I, I want from that. 
I want the Merovingian talking about like getting wet and all that. Of course you do. Um, okay, so then we do um, Sawyer's episode. Sawyer, um, I think personally, might be my f- second favorite character beneath John Locke because I just love his backstories. I love all of his Confidence Man episodes. I love the shit about his dad. I think it's really interesting. I don't know if they've gone any further of that into season two but that does become integral at some point. Um, just the fact that Sawyer's dad murdered his parents while conning them, and he spent his whole life with this letter. I mean, he's such a multi-dimensional character, and you see it start to happen immediately. He goes from being like, oh, Prince Ali and Abdul and blah, 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 to like, he has to ask for reading glasses. Yeah, but he still fucking like, acts that way all the time. He yeah. can't fucking help himself. Well, he can't like, get out of his own way. I was like coming around to Sawyer so hard and then like all of his shit on the raft. Like, I was like, oh man, Sawyer's like, I'm really starting don't, to like this don't guy. Don't spoil the raft stuff. I'm not there yet. Okay. They're, they just finished building the raft. Okay. Um, yeah, he becomes such an interesting character. But then such season two, he just character. goes right back to being the biggest asshole ever. Look, a lot of things in season two are going to seem like they are regressive. Yeah, because here's of the, a question. Because of the writer's Did strike. you, at the time, you knew there was a writer's yes. strike happening, right? And, and, and w- the lost community was big scared. So, like, were the, was the second season, like, how was that? like in a material basis like how is that actually impacted did they get like scab writers did they get all sorts of issues like, I, I look was I it the entire season because I, see, I the first half research. of season two versus the second half of season two feel like two completely different seasons like the second half of season two fe- feels like season one yeah okay the first half of season two it's getting good is again, a then. fucking disaster yeah yeah well right off the bat that's when things were at worst definitely um every episode 25% of the episode is r- repeating shots from the previous episode. It's just time fill. Yeah. Like, it's so tedious. They didn't have uh, a, cr- a crew. And when you're on ABC and you haven't fully proven yourself yet, you got to keep going. Yeah. And so they barreled through it. It is notoriously the worst season of Lost. If you're still enjoying it, that means that you're going to be fine. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, it, I'm... It is full of bullshit, though. The first 10 episodes, we were, like, groaning. But now I'm back. I'm back on... I'm back on board. And of course, as you get towards your next cliffhanger finale, it'll be like it all every finale of every season of Lost. Well, we finished season two last is, night. is a little fingering. What's what's the twist at season two? Probably not as good as one, but so at the end, Michael drives away with Walt on the boat. Walt, yeah, that's my son. He like they. That's my boy. They had, the episode is titled um, Walt. Sorry, I'm. Live together, die alone, parts it, one or two. If you've noticed, my voice has gotten better. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for. I can. I wouldn't have been able to do my <laughs> Walt a week pretty, ago. That's pretty so good. Feeling good. The Dorito's gone. Um, it is. The Dorito has been washed out. It's part um, of me now. Yeah. So they bring the the the. <laughs> I actually really hated the episode leading up to this, but Michael betrays all of them. Um, this was like I felt uncharacteristically full of giving us all of the answers like it was an episode of what happened to Walt over the previous 13 days mm, there's a lot of spoilers for me I don't know if I want to go too far into this okay well you asked what happened at the okay, end of season 2 yeah no, well what's the twist give me the one pitch it's it's obviously you can do it in a sentence there, season 1 cliffhanger is a there's a, hatch. Uh, there's a fucking hatch and they uh, like the light out turns on and wow 
there wasn't really much of like a twist. The cliffhanger was that Walt drives off with a boat on uh, Walt and Michael drive off on a boat. They're given coordinates of how to escape the island. Sure. And Sawyer, Jack, and Kate are going to be taken back with the others, and then the season ends. This is when it's going to start getting good, dude. Okay. You're in for some good shit. Once you get through season two, it really it starts to ramp up. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, back to the Sawyer episode. Yeah, I think uh, the the genius part of uh, Sawyer's first episode, especially, is the misdirect that they make you think that Sawyer is the recipient of the Sawyer letter, when in fact um, he is the author of right. the letter. That's just good writing. Yeah, and there's so much of that in Lost, like so much. Even in the later seasons, in flashback episodes and beyond, the stories told off the island have a certain pulpy like imagine if you will that like you all you got were the stories off the island it would still be a pretty compelling show yeah it wouldn't make any sense but right. i'm saying yeah, like yeah, no, i'm saying yeah. like those scenes are while they don't inform what is the smoke monster you know and for those reasons i would be frustrated and literally like i would time out like i'd be watching the show I'd be like all right one more flashback okay and then in my mind when i watch the show the flashbacks are clear arcs, three three act stories most yeah, of the time. Yeah. So I'd be like, all right, second act, like John Locke, he's in the hospital. Like third act will be him trying to confront his dad and and not being able to get in, in, into the gate of his house and being turned away. And you can time loss that well, way that's in the my, early seasons. That's my big issue with the first half of season two that I think will surely frustrate you as well is that the flashbacks the pacing of them makes no sense whereas in oh, the, really? in the first season the flashbacks are so tastefully done and yes. follow this exact pattern that you're doing yes in season two it'll be like flashback cut back to real time then like 30 seconds later it'll be like 10 seconds of a flashback then like a minute of real time <laughs> then cut to like two minutes of a flashback it's well, like another a barrage of flashbacks another thing though is that like yeah there's also some roughness around the edges in season one in terms of the way that episodes finally end. Um, sometimes it's perfect. It's like, holy fuck, like, oh, there's other people on the island? And then other times it's like, here's like a Jack Johnson song. Yeah, right. And yeah. you're just like, here's what? everyone having a, like, hanging out around the fire. Yeah, yeah. like, Bleh. that continues in season two. Yeah, well, that's going to end, buddy. Believe me. Nice. Kumbaya is going to go out the window at some point. But like, the the you know it's it's funny to watch the extras too because like again my tv's enormous i see all these people just like standing around watching the main characters of the show talk like just like walt yeah right they're just like the the people the wb characters at the space jam uh yeah, at Dom Ball, yeah, yeah. just standing in the background like pennywise the clown like high-fiving yeah. someone um it's really embarrassing oh here's a question yeah there's this running joke about either scott or steve dying and every time someone mentions him, yes, they're like, "Dude, that was Steve. Dude, that was Scott." Like, is it going back and forth? Like, <laughs> is, is it actually? Is one... this going to lead to something? No, that... like, like, is it one guy or is it just a joke? Where it's a running joke. Where every time, no matter what, it's going to be the opposite person who actually died. I don't think I've ever looked that far into it. Because, like, I'm pretty sure the first time he was like, "Dude, that was Scott," and then the next time he was like, "No, dude, it was Steve who died." Um. So and and like of course that was like the Jewy fucking neurotic doctor character right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, "Oh, you guys are golfing." Um, we are then introduced to Saeed's episode, 
Um, Great episode. I think that if people get to know Saeed better, they'd realize he's not some mean terrorist. He's just a nice terrorist. Saeed is <laughs> by far Cat's favorite character. Oh, interesting. He has a very sultry voice. Oh, yeah. He he played Jafar in a... In a so Bad Robot produced that show, like, once. I think it's like a, a, it's like a reboot of, like, fairy tales and, like, Aladdin and shit like that. Okay. It was a live-action show. That's the only other time I've seen my boy Sarid Jarrah outside of... Um, the show he played jafar strong strong actor he's a very very thick british accent in real life no i believe i mean he is like the one for one clone of samir from office space (laughs) (laughs) that motherfucker needs to change his wife beater more often in season one he takes the white one until it's literally like yellow and crusted yeah season two he is i love his dark beater shown in anything but a wife beater (laughs) same as season one is it yeah yeah but he dude the episode where he changes from the white one to the like navy colored one i was like thank god and then oh my god when he busts out the forest green one yeah i found i found his arc bam i found his arc with uh with boone's sister disconcerting yeah let's um let's talk about that okay (laughs) okay um, disconcerting is uh, definitely the word for it. I I thought it happened later into the show. It did not. Um, I'm still not just down. A, just a rotten character in e- all ways. I hate her. Even in 2021, I'm still not down with shipping Shannon and Saeed. It's a real Beauty and the Beast situation. Uh, ultimately, my issue with it is that Saeed is all about getting shit done and torturing people. Yeah, and he's also figuring on a out the lifelong mission to find and, a woman already. And then he's like, nah, I'm just going to chase pussy and go out on wine and cheese dates on the beach. Yeah. I mean, dude, like while he's banging Shannon, who, by the way, introduces herself as being 19 years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need to find the transceiver. Yeah. It is in her pussy. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, he's banging her while, like, practically in his back pocket is a photograph of a woman that he's searching for, like, as his lifelong goal. I would have boned the French woman, but I, I, she was electrocuting me to the bed. They go from talking to being madly in love over the course of, like, three, three episodes. Yeah. Three. It's bizarre. It's, it's not cool. It it serves no purpose besides to, like, make her death upset Saeed. It just doesn't make sense with Shannon's character either. No. It's like a double nonsense. Well, no, like, because they, they were trying to ship that, like, Shannon has this affinity towards older men with, like, power who could likely beat the shit out of her. And do. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, also she has an affinity to bang her stepbrother, like... Yeah, dude, when they hooked up, even though you had spoiled it for me by accident like a week ago, when they hooked up, I was rock hard. (laughs) I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) Like, how did this make it into the show? This is pretty rad. I can't believe it. I had totally forgotten about it. Totally forgotten about it. And it was harrowing. That's classic movie blues content, baby. Dude, the first time that a comment was made was where Boone was like, well, she's my stepsister. I was like, oh, they're going to fuck. I wrote, so thankful when they changed Saeed's white wife beater with an off-navy blue. He was looking like a greasy pizza man. (laughs) Claire episode. Now, I have written down, I will solve this baby mystery. (laughs) As my first note. And I think that's in reference to something that I'm going to tell you up front. There's a lot of things. Dude, there is... 
40 more mysteries you haven't been introduced to yet. So I'm not going to ruin this mystery so much as that I'm going to tell you to just not even think about it. Just kind of like let it go. And that's just like Claire and the baby. Really? And not only that, babies and the island. It's like like the entire crux of season two. It's just a mystery that doesn't work for me and is not important to the things that are coming. Like literally 50% of season two is flashbacks to fucking Ethan stabbing her pregnant stomach with a needle. Same camp. Walt. Really? Walt in Lost is Walt presented like he's a fucking messiah figure in season two. Like he is Neo in the Matrix. Mm Mm-hmm. What they did not know when they hired Walt is that he would become very tall <laughs> so fast. And when that happened, they were like, oh, shit. Not only can this kid not act, but he is <laughs> fucking enormous. And they wrote him out of the show. Amazing. So while you could infer some mysteries about him ultimately for me walt and claire's storylines are weird like fizzles especially because so much attention is focused yeah, that's on so it. unsatisfying it's, because it's i just so spent tense. 25 hours on a season that was a hundred percent focused on claire's right. baby and walt and that was the crux like it's pre- <sighs> it's presented as if walt is like the answer to everything on the island i'm gonna t- I'll, I'll put it this way they they are going to come back to it. There will be answers about both of these things. They're not unanswered. Right. I'm just pointing them out as two things that you should stop thinking about. <laughs> because, like, they will tell you what happens. But in terms of Walt, he became six foot four. And they were like, get out of here. Yeah, I mean, I already found it amusing that they basically spent an entire season being like, Walt is Neo. Like, the fucking others will do anything. They won't. They would sacrifice any of their own for Walt, and then at the end, they're like, yeah, you can go. You're going to have to let the Walt stuff go. That's fucked. But fucking goddammit, Mercutio. Maybe there is um, on my rewatch, and that's why I have, I will solve this baby thing. Because (laughs) because for me, there's not a lot left for me to solve on this rewatch. And for me, it's about finding new mysteries that I either don't remember the answers to or that I want to see come to judgment and fruition and that is Aaron and Walt I need to be able to explain to another person what the importance of those characters ultimately was and I don't know if I can do that now I can explain but here's the thing on this rewatch realizing I'm I'm forgetting so much of this show it's incredible nice incredible how many things I'm forgetting but um, in terms of the overarching stuff I think so much of the later seasons are focused on more interesting mysteries and bigger ones than like Walt and Aaron that it just kind of washes it away. Some of the focuses in season two, I would assume the most are things that will kind of yeah. be dropped. Season two, substantial downgrade. Um, uh, yeah. So um, Claire, um, not my favorite character. And Claire. the whole Aaron thing. Just And Claire shit with the psychic fucking... That is a cool a cool scene. Yeah, but two, it, it but. makes me very disconcerted about all of it. Um, you know, I always tend I tend to get lost when no pun intended when <laughs> they're like they're like there's psychics and magic. Oh, that's not this, my friend. 
don't worry about that. There's no like psychic syndicate. I would say my explanation to that is that, um, without spoiling anything in the show, saying this as delicately as humanly possible. If there is a person on earth who is psychic, if that's a real thing, if you ascribe to that and that the character in that scene was a real psychic, they would probably be able to sense the island in someone's future to a degree. Um, well, that's the conclusion that Claire comes to. Yeah, but I'm saying that tracks. And then we see that. Um, and then we but see not that from character. like a magic point of view. It's not like, let me put it this way. It's not like the island's magical. Right. Because a real life psychic, if you believe such a thing exists, like I believe that it does exist being a psychic. I don't believe it's like a guy like talking to your dead grandma. I believe there are people that probably have like super empathy powers that can sense certain histories and things about you to a degree. And it's all very scientific. It's not like a, a realm of complete pseudoscience. I cut it off at a certain level. It's not the guy on TV. Um, I could imagine that someone's brain could have a developmental flaw or a developmental advantage that could make you be able to even potentially hear what somebody else is thinking to some degree. You can pick that up. I never took you for to such some a degree. fucking but that's where I cut it off. Anything <laughs> above that is complete bullshit. Anybody who says they're like doing readings of any kind would never in a million years believe something like that. That is literally snake oil salesman. Just it's like, yeah, for it, sure. It's old school style. Ag agreed. Hoodwink. But also the other shit you said is also that, that as well. I believe that there are, there are people that have scientific mutations okay. of some kind. Well, that character just got reintroduced to the show by the way oh interesting spoiler alert um but yeah if, if such a thing as a psychic exists which doesn't. is about a 0.001 percent <laughs> chance of being true um uh, they would be able to sense something as scientifically fucked as the island <laughs> um because as you've seen and is in in more of the island mythos part of the show there is something profoundly strong on the island that can be exploited. Oh, you know it what? Can be... There was a, there was a twist at the end of season two. I forgot it was these two motherfuckers sitting in like Antarctica or Siberia or some shit. Yes. This is what I was hoping yeah. you would say. Yeah, monitoring the fucking like, electromagnetic pole, and then they call fucking. Uh, this is what I'm saying. They call yeah. Penelope. Penelope. Um, to be like we f we think we found it. And found it, they did. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that tells you a lot. That tells you that the island has extreme electromagnetic properties. And this is where the fun science of Lost truly begins, is, is what is the mystery? What could possibly be causing these things? Are any of these things connected? The whispers in the forest, the weird horse, the this, the that. Is it just like someone is just like writing fun hallucination island tales or is this all connected? And right. I'm here to tell you that it is very much all connected and that everything that you're seeing as wild as it fucking gets is based in part around the science of what if island plus most electromagnetic activity you could ever imagine in one pocket, what kind of distortions might that create right um that is the nerd that's the lane that opens so as you watch the show that's where my brain was always at this early on is okay the most i know science fiction wise about this island is that 
electromagnetism is is in a in a rampant degree and what could that potentially create or do or obviously we know it can heal people right right but might it be possible to wield that power might it be possible to harness it obviously the dharma initiative um has tried yeah, you well, see that they have bases figuring that out it's going to be Locke's destiny i bet it's everybody's destiny, baby. Ugh. That's our destiny. The show's going to turn into heroes. There's just going to be people flying and fucking shooting magnets at each other. See, that's what I used to think. I was <laughs> like, I used to think like Saeed's going to be like rotating above a pyramid, like in a pharaoh's garb, <laughs> being like, bring me all the transceivers. Triangular yeah. disposition. Bring me all the young white women. <laughs> <laughs> She's 19, dude. Um, Every plot line with Sawyer in season one is just him holding something that he refuses to give up. <laughs> yeah, season two as well. In a much oh, there's more, more of that. Oh, to a much more egregious degree. Okay. Can't wait. Um, yeah, Claire gets kidnapped, and then there's three episodes in season one where just nobody gives a shit. <laughs> they're like, oh, we gave we gave up. Like they're they that is the episode arc in which they build the golf course. Yeah. Um, on Same the thing happens while Michael's gone. Michael's gone for two fucking weeks. No one gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit, dude. Everyone's just living. It's Her- so Hurley funny. will like walk by in the background, be like, "Did Michael ever come back yet?" And they'd be like, "No." And he'd be like, "Cool, dude." Rachel was freaking out. She was like, "They're not going to send one search party. Just <laughs> one walk through the jungle. Nothing." They did not. Yeah, Jack, who's so fucking keen on setting search parties for fucking everything and just running into the everyone in this fucking show is constantly just sprinting into the jungle at nighttime, despite nothing good ever happening from that. It's so wild. Um, they do like to sprint full on into the jungle with, with no lighting. Um, that does bring me to one point um, about this show and nighttime, which is that it is so beautifully shot at night. Yeah. Um, they really... It really looks like Tribal Council at the end of Survivor. It does. <laughs> and like for a whole series, especially yeah. towards the end, dude. Towards the end... There's so many scenes where you're like, who even lit all of these torches? Like, <laughs> I remember thinking that so often. Like, who set the scene here? Like, there's so many, because the show gets so serious towards the end. There's so many tribal council moments. You're going to feel like <laughs> the last few episodes of Lost are like four or five Survivor finales just in a row. Dude, Survivor season 41 starts uh, two weeks from tomorrow, baby. It's hot. That is hot. Um, Been waiting two years. Um, so yeah, there's never a single scene of anyone looking for Claire outside the. You want to talk taste. about anticipation for the next season, bro? Two years since the last season of Survivor. That's not like a show with a plot, but I guess if you just can't wait to see people <laughs> half fake surviving on an island, then it's about the the narratives, bro. It's the story. <sighs> um, they haven't shown a single Lost in Survivor are like one A and one B. <laughs> <laughs> It's at this point in this in season one when I noticed that um, they didn't have not shown a single person actually cooking meat. I know, like they don't show them preparing it. They don't show. They them... put a lot of effort into showing the like capturing and hunting of food early on, only to like spend a solid thirty hours with people just being well fed and good moods all the time. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, but like not changing their clothes when they probably have like an abundance of suitcases right. that could have recovered. Right. Um. So um, then we get to one of the greatest episodes in my opinion which is the numbers um 
Hurley's episode where yeah. he wins the lottery. Um, this is like Lost's first comedic episode, yeah. I would say. Um, Featuring uh, Movie Blues Extended Universe character DJ Qualls. Was he in that one? Oh, fuck. No, I'm no, sorry. That's, in, that's, in, that's in the second Hurley episode. Just you wait. Um, Th- that's in Everybody Hates Hurley. Um, love all of Hur- Hurley's episodes throughout the series. Love his flashbacks. Uh, yeah, in season Hilarious. two, his fucking flashback shit is wild. Is this where he's in the mental hospital? Yeah, and Libby is revealed to be oh. at the end of an episode. Oh, shit, dude. I can't wait. Uh, I forgot about Libby. And fucking the bald guy from Californication who plays Runkle. This is imaginary. Dave. Friend. Yeah. That's the episode Dave. Yeah. It's called, and it is embarrassing. I, I, that one, no, no, no. I did not like that one. I remember seeing that one and being like, this is writer strike fucking gold here. Yeah, no, it's fucking, it's a weird episode. It's just, um, just a strange episode. And um, the interesting thing to me about the numbers is that you cycle through every character's flashbacks once or twice in some cases before you ever get to Hurley. And I don't know if they were like, wouldn't it be interesting if like the goofy fat guy actually had a super interesting story that plays into the numbers that you'll see on this hatch, which like, did they hold his episode until the reveal of the numbers on the hatch? Because it's in the same episode. You see that Hurley found the numbers from this guy who landed in a mental hospital. um, And at the same time, you're seeing that the same numbers are printed on the hatch. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's introducing some of the main mystery elements of the early, the first nine, if you will. are they going to explain the numbers? No. No? Not really, no. Fucking hell. Explain how. Like, Like, like you want to see someone write them down? No. And be like, I am creating the numbers. No, I want to know what they mean. Like, why they cause bad luck, why they are everywhere. No. Cool. But it is a question like many that you might be able to answer if you start thinking about what we know about the island, the cyclical nature of things happening all over the place, the fact that um, it is a mathematical anomaly. It is obviously like defying science. So maybe, and again, I could be wrong and I could be misremembering a lot of this or maybe there is better explanations but like of course there would be like a set of numbers associated with something so profoundly uniquely fucked uh if it were to exist i mean assumedly something of that power there might be a math equation behind it that like you know you read out loud and your head explodes um that's the kind of power that we're dealing with on the island that's the kind of level to which the mysteries can affect the world around. I mean, you're you're seeing a show right now where people are being drawn in. Would you not agree? Yeah. All of these people end up in the same place at the same time, and they all, you know, so something that has that scientific strength, there's going to be offshoots of it that are explainable in some ways, but so many other mysteries in the show are directly answered. Right. Um, the numbers is an early mystery. It's one of the main ones like Aaron and Walt where you can make a lot of inferences about it, but when the show becomes about something else, you're not going to be thinking about it anymore. 
I mean, you, it might come back up. You're like so mad, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> all I care about is the numbers. <laughs> the numbers, I mean, they they mean things, sure, to some degree, but they're you're never gonna get like a straightforward on that one. No, that hurts. I'm out. <laughs> But there are a lot of things I could say about the numbers that I think make sense, but um, no. And here's the other thing, Dan. No one's going to hand you a science book because when I was lost insane, I was convinced that the final episodes would include exposition dumps that would make the dude from The Matrix Reloaded look like a toddler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, okay, okay, we'll do another John Locke flashback. We'll do another Hurley flashback. I'm like five seasons into the show. And I'm like, but at some point, a scientist with a book is going to come out yeah. and 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 read me the news. The only person who's fucking flashback I want is the Asian guy on the film. They do eventually introduce, if they haven't already, a mathematician into the fray. No. That becomes one of my favorite characters to latch on to. to and maybe the numbers, you'll have some explanations there. But like... You'll see throughout the show, they start sending people into the show almost as a reaction to the fans. They're like, okay, like you fucking nerds, you want a, a, a real scientist to explain some of this to you? There you go. Like right. he does show, he literally has books of that. I would literally, if they were real, like kill someone to get of just like math about the island and like his discoveries as a physicist and like, uh, and, and shit like that I find fascinating. But yeah, they keep that bottled. He's not going to come out at the end and be like, here is everything. You got to do the work. I'm not saying there aren't answers. I'm saying that with some of the questions, you'll have to do some work. Or ask me and I can tell you I'll, what I've gleaned from <clears throat> years of reading about it and obsessing over it. I'm, I'm here to do the work. But uh, You're going to be you're gonna be like, hey, Dan, you want to watch Mac and me? I'm going to be like, can't. <laughs> Lost. Reading Lost forums from archives from 2006. Ultimately, what I want to say about Lost Season 1 and just lost in general is that it it made packaging really high-end sci-fi ideas into a really connecting personal um story and that's very spielberg to me that's very like big spectacle in your one hand some big mysteries in your one hand and in the other emotion connection that is the marrying of ideas that jj abrams always goes after right literally that's his career whether he's rebooted Star Trek or Star Wars, all of his movies, Super 8, everything that he has directed has that element of like, we're doing big blockbuster, but it's got to have heart. Right. And Lost is king of that, in my opinion, for TV. Um, Fringe is more science than it is emotion. It's like, here's for all the super dorks. So like, there's no big, the connection to that show is, laughable in comparison to lost um lost is just big daddy <laughs> and i want him in me um dan any thoughts uh finally on lost for you that you want to share before i share just a couple trivia items with you yeah um well do you uh, do you want to give lost season one golden guns um hard to say because like am i rating it as just like just on its own by itself compared yeah. to the other seasons just, just then, then that as, changes the just score on its own as an experience of watching television like as an experience of watching television it feels long and it feels like too much at times and samey and that's why you know i made little montages of like people saying things over and over again because 
it gets drilling because it was created not to be binged. Binging didn't exist. Right. You could not fucking do it. So, I can't imagine. I mean, I wish I could have done this for the first time. Yeah. And then give you my score because it's going to be jaded, I guess. Yeah, right. But, like, a like a it's like an, a 7.9 for and that's adjusted to like a couple years ago it would have been like an 8 an 8 and a half a 9 or a perfect even but like you know it's it's been a few years and I think that there are better seasons of Lost from my memory or at least crazier ones that really like dr- like j- changed my life basically to watch uh, but it's just so strong I mean now 8 I can't I can't yeah I'd have to say an 8 that's the best I could do because solely because there's better to come. Sick. But like in a world where I had just seen this for the first time and it was just by itself, like a, a nine. Yeah. What well, about you? I mean, I have to reconsider some of the things I put as negatives because since you made the point, I wasn't really factoring in that like binging wasn't a thing because something that really got on my nerves was I felt like the show was like really treating me like an idiot with its like flashbacks not with like the story flashbacks with like the moments where like they'd find something and i'd be like oh that's the thing from this and then it would do like a quick flashback to like oh, yeah that, that's be, purely because it was yeah. the format that it was and i was like this is treating me like i'm a fucking moron um <laughs> but no all of um the <laughs> i'm just gonna mention some comments i made throughout um my watch of season one mm-hmm. point one disturbing lack of sunburn on the island mm-hmm <laughs> You wouldn't want all those characters to just be lobsters, <laughs> um, but agreed. Point two, which they actually did end up rectifying. Jack really could have used some of that heroin as an anesthetic. Wow, good point. Definitely. As they're just like burning planes full yeah. of heroin. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, but like, we just don't want Charlie to slip. Yeah, right. Like the amount of medicine that's been disposed of. Um, agreed, Jess. My biggest gripe with the show, and this has carried far to... I wrote this at the end of season one, but this it went times a thousand in season two, mm-hmm. is there is such an insane amount of face punching and head striking in this show. Yes, but, and I forgot to mention this, some of the best punch sound effects. They are positively heavy, dude. They are heavy. They are so wet. But ev- like, every person in this show would have brain damage. Oh, immediately. Like, Everyone get face punched like seven, eight times. (laughs) Everyone handles everything in this show by just striking people over the head with blunt objects. It's crazy, right? Like, and people who are friends moment later, moments later, are hitting each other, like solving like disputes by hitting someone over the fucking head with the barrel of a gun. It's and in season two when they are in the hatch, it is constant. Everyone is John Locke hits like nine different people over the head with a fucking barrel of a gun. <laughs> Everyone gets knocked out immediately. There's never a moment where like someone hits the wrong spot and right. someone's like, dude, don't fucking hit me over the head. Like we're boys. And everyone just like forgives and forgets. Everyone's constantly punching everyone in the face. Yes, it's hard. It's so much just like male macho bullshit where like every like and Jack is just constantly running into rooms being like, you're going to give me that. And then it's some someone else being like, nah, and like, all right, well, I'm gonna punch you in the face. And I'm just like, oh, here's Jack running into a <laughs> here's Jack running into a room again to demand something, and he's gonna get punched in the face. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, I think I think you're you're almost at an end with that though. You, yeah. It'll the right. sameness will fade away. 
right, and I think I spent a lot of time like putting myself in the situation, like in the shoes of the characters, and like how would I handle it, and you know, like they're dealing with all these really terrifying, harrowing things. Like I can't really know how I would react, but like by far, the worst part of the entire situation that they're dealing with is that every time they want to go everywhere, they have to walk several miles in between. <laughs> yes. And it's just like, it's the like, later seasons. There's so much walking. They're like, they're like, Hey, can you just run back to the hatch real quick? And then shows them at the hatch. But I'm like, the hatch is, they said that was two miles away. Like right. these Hurley had to run two four miles round trip to go get medicine just now. Like that poor <laughs> fucking guy. <laughs> When's the last time you ran four miles? Yeah. Through the jungle. Like after being malnutrition for Dude, months. like, I have flat feet. I would have been killed within five <laughs> days of being on this island. They would have been like, like, dude, there's one episode where fucking Bernard is like, hey, we just gotta run four miles into the woods and get these rocks to make a sign on the beach. And everyone's like, we're not walking four miles. And I'm just like, yeah, that's the reasonable reaction. You guys had no problem walking four miles with regularity throughout the entirety of the first two seasons. They're oh. like, oh, let's walk to the other side of the island. And they're like, it's gonna take a day. And everyone's like, great. Um, R.E. Hurley and being a big fat guy and never losing any weight as he uh, traverses the island 24 hours a day in khakis. Yeah. Um, people were always like miffed about that. They were like, why, why is this man not losing weight? They try to address it in season two. They do address it in the trivia section. Okay. Um, so Hugo Reyes is teased several times for not being uh, for not losing large amounts of weight on the island. Although actor Jorge Garcia was noticeably thinner after the pilot episode, he had already lost 30 pounds prior to the show's filming, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Lost producers asked him, this is the interesting part, Lost producers asked him, and I had never thought of this, Lost producers asked him to maintain a consistent weight for the sake of production, not because of the show's relatively slow timeline, but to seamlessly film multiple flashbacks into his life. That's why they couldn't let him gain weight or lose weight. Because when they shot Hurley flashbacks, if he were thin, it would be fucking right. ridiculous. Um, I think that's like really cruel and weird. Yeah. I thought that was a really strange fact. <laughs> but it makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect, it makes perfect sense. sense. That's fucking brutal. Um, <coughs> so what is your rating? Um, nine out of ten. Nice, dude. Season two rating? Like seven out of ten. Oh, okay. So, so there's some good stuff to look forward to then. Yeah, today. but like that's because the set, like the last third, is so strong. Like, if if it was one of those like you know like heroes writing writer strike shortened season was like half the length of the previous season. Sure. If it was one of those where like season two was the first twelve episodes and the second twelve episodes, like the first twelve episodes would have gotten like a four. Like I was gonna kill myself. Wow, dude, it is torture. Because um, every episode is just, like, just time fill. They're just re-showing the same scenes, and then they'll add, like, one person's look on their face to, like, be like, look, this is different. This person gave a mysterious look. Oh, it sucks. They And, and they, dude, they'll, they'll end, like, a scene will end with, like, a big dialogue back and forth, uh, and then it'll do a commercial break, and then it'll come back and show the same dialogue back and forth. There's just all these little things to make the episodes fill time that are so Can't wait. glaring. Um, cool. Um, a little bit of trivia? Yep. 
Okay, so like I said, originally Michael Keaton was cast as Jack. Yeah, that's weird. In, in the first draft of the script, Jack was to be killed by the monster after they arrived in, uh, in the cockpit. ABC told the producers that they shouldn't kill off the hero so soon in the series, and the script was changed. After the change, Michael Keaton backed out of the role since he did not want to commit to a TV series. Mm. Weird. I cannot begin to imagine the show with him as no. Jack. It makes absolutely show no would sense. Stink. <laughs> the fateful journey, Oceanic Flight 815, Sydney to Los Angeles, flew in the show on September 22nd, 2004, which is also the pilot's air date. Oh. We were all on the journey together. Oh my God. Um, the two-part pilot episode was the most expensive in ABC's history. It cost between 10 and $14 million. The Holy average shit. pilot from the time uh, in the region was $4 million. That even That's higher than I thought it would have been. Yeah, seriously. Um, <clears throat> apparently, I need to look into this. This one kind of shook me. <laughs> Charlie's in a band called Driveshaft, whose only hit is You All Everybody. Not You Are Everybody, as my wife kept pronouncing it. Yeah. That, I was shaken to my core when it became clear that it was you all, everybody. Yeah, I think everybody was. Um, what does that mean? Nothing. It's just nonsense. It's nonsense. Um, uh, that song can be heard in the background of an episode of Alias from 2001. What? Which, like, what the fuck? Okay. Um, parts of the plane uh, were used as percussion instruments by Michael Giacchino. can be heard on the soundtrack. Um, that I learned this morning. Uh, from a documentary I was watching. And um, Jorge Garcia was the first person cast for the series and auditioned for Sawyer. Who is that? Hugo Hurley. Oh. And he auditioned for Sawyer? Yes. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Um, after Aaron is born, John Locke calms his crying by rack wrapping him snugly in a cloth, a practice known as swaddling, which was done throughout the world for centuries. Locke tells Claire that young babies actually like to feel restricted. The real character, the real person philosopher, John Locke, was actually a harsh critic of the practice of swaddling, and his criticisms actually led to its decline throughout Europe. Wow. So, uh, like, that's one of those moments where, did they know that when they wrote that? I don't know. Well, maybe you'll never know. Um, the soundstage where the cave scenes were filmed uh, was an old Xerox building. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and um, finally, the series uh, used rotating directors to allow multiple episodes to be in production at the same time. An extra on the season three DVD called Lost in a Day showed how seven episodes were being produced on the same day. Wow. So economical it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it makes sense with fucking all these set pieces. And with that, Dan, I'm going to ask you one final mystery question. Okay. And for predictions, maybe a couple. Okay. We'll see. And uh, then we'll come back to that at our series wrap-up if we do such a thing. Um, All right. Uh, until then, enjoy season five of the Movies Blues podcast coming out sometime between September and December, depending if we can even get together once. And uh, today's final mysteries involve, Dan, what is the smoke monster on the island? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I mean, the one when it came to reveal itself to Mr. Echo. There were all sorts of, like, fucking memories within it. Like, I don't know, some sort of projection of something going on internally. I don't know. I got nothing on that one. Nothing. I got nothing. Okay. It's, like, so... It's so bizarre that there's just, like, so much shit going on that the smoke monster is just, like... 
out of my mind. Like, it's just, like, inconsequential to me at this point. That's what they wanted in the pitch. They were like, we don't know what the monster is, but don't worry. We'll make everyone forget. <laughs> I, I did. I'm here to tell you that there is an explanation to okay. the smoke monster. You can sleep soundly knowing that the first introduced mystery to the show at least has an answer. I'm far more concerned with the fact that people are having dreams where, like, fucking dead people are coming to talk to them and guide them to things on the island. Like That will have its answers as well, for sure. Cool. Uh, we'll also tell you... Well, we'll cue it up like this. Um, Dan, all of the dead people that you're seeing on the island and the whispers that you hear in the jungle. Okay. Are these hallucinations? Are these real? What is the source of this mystery? For example, Jack seeing his father. Jack is a man of strict science. He's seeing his dad in the jungle. He's chasing his dad through the jungle. Um, things like that. Is this just hallucinatory writer nonsense, or will this one lead to something? I feel like you're teeing me up to say that it's going to lead to something when the reality is that it's all nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm going to trick you? Um, but no, I think that's, I would hope that's teeing up for something. I, I haven't, I don't have enough to put it all together in my head yet, but like, I'm, I, I am leaning towards there's like a time travel or parallel universe situation going on, like with parallel universes folding in on each other. Hmm. That's about where my head was at, at the point you're at in the series for sure. <laughs> I was getting out the science book big time. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, I think that's about it. Do you have any final thoughts on the television show lost? Season two is not great. Mm. Um, but no, I mean, it's just, it's a quality, quality show. It's, it's really fucking, it's fucked with my ability to focus on other things. Like, I'm starting my new job on Thursday, and I'm just oh, like, no. why, why didn't I take those extra two days off? <laughs> wow, this is getting dark. Like, I, we, we had the moment at the end of the night where she was like, I don't have an hour left to stay up because of work, so, like, let's watch something else. <sighs> and I was like, how dare you? like fucking what like like what do we watch like what else is there there's there's just nothing that's like so we watched king of the hill which is my go-to end of the evening show was even that depleted the whole time i was just like well this isn't lost i was like thinking about the numbers like <laughs> <laughs> nice dude um okay uh i this is usually the point at which we say baby, but thankfully we have someone's help. My baby? Oh. She took my baby!